1: In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood curdling name in unison. Horror Movie Night! Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at HMNPodcast.com.
2: Hey. We'll sing your songs,
1: for good times, the best times, you can't go wrong. We'll two-step, a new step, it won't be long. When the Dixie lands are playing soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along.
0: Salutations, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Before My Time. This episode, we are talking about none other than my all-time favorite place in the entire whole wide world, Disneyland. Yay! Happiest place on earth. But we aren't just talking about Disneyland because you might be like, Gelsey, that's not before your time. That's right now during your time. We are going to dive into the opening day of Disneyland. That is right. That's right the things that were celebrated, and the things you may not know went terrifically wrong. So sit back, relax, and enjoy opening day of Disneyland. All right, let's dive into the opening day of Disneyland. We would think now that it is a triumphant, most celebrated day, but during that time, it is referred to as Black Sunday Gary Sunday I'll call it it went terribly wrong
2: really okay so i i purposely for this did as minimal research as possible i want okay, you this will be to fun. educate me yeah so brilliant
0: okay so <laughs> i'm without getting in i'm not really going to get into the history of walt himself because either you know it or you don't we'll do that a different podcast but everybody knows who walt disney is and we all are aware of disneyland If you are not aware of either of those two things, get off my podcast right now. God, that's harsh. I'm not, I welcome everybody, but no, that's where I draw my line. All right. July 17, 1955 is opening day of Disneyland. It was a $17 million project on 160 acres in Anaheim, and they did it in one year. They built the park in a year. That's insane. Like, to get a little bit of relativity, if you will, the new Galaxy's Edge and Star Wars, I believe took three years of completion. I think it started 2016 to 2019. And that's just a land. Now, very intricate. Yes, of course. But we've got the train station, the castle, Fantasyland, Frontierland, Adventureland, Tomorrowland, all of Main Street in a year. That's crazy. So That's
2: insane. I didn't yeah. know that they did it that quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. And he did it that quickly because there was a lot of pressure with financial... Woes. 17 million dollars is a lot. You know, today it's that's still a hefty amount, but in 1954, when the project would have been started, that's a lot of money. And his banking and his brother Roy, who dealt with a lot of his fundings, were like, This is a really bad idea. We don't like this. Like, this is scary. And Walt being Walt and the big dreamer he is, and something we all can learn from, he's like, No, we're doing it. I'm all in. So he got some funding from ABC, actually, which is ironic now that Disney owns ABC. So that's a kind of fun full circle there. (laughs) He actually borrowed against his own life insurance and sold vacation properties to help fund this as well. So he really put it all in. He had faith. I will give this little backstory. It's just like one bullet point. The idea of Disney, I mean, it was about two decades in the making of... An idea and a dream that Walt had. But initially the classic story of why he wanted to build this park was he was in Griffith Park. There's a carousel there and he was taking his two kids. They were sitting on the carousel and he was on the bench and he was like, look how much fun they're having. But as an adult, I have to sit here on the bench and watch them have fun. And this is all that's here. What if there was a place that everybody of all ages could enjoy and families could be together. Adults could be kids again. Kids could bask in the childhood with their parents. And that is where the initial spark of Disneyland birthed. Okay. Which I love. You know,
2: we could sit here and like rank our top 10 favorite Disneyland rides or, or what <laughs> have you. But I think knowing you and I, a lot of the stuff that we would pick would be kind of on the older side of things. Ride-wise, what were the original first day attractions. Pretty sure Haunted Mansion wasn't one of them, right? Oh gosh,
0: no, no, no. So even on opening day, um, which we'll get into the kind of disaster side of it, a lot of the rides, um, there was a couple that are on most postings that you'll find say were opening day rides, but in fact, were not ready at the time, which led to a lot of children's disappointment because... They thought they could go on Peter Pan's flight, and that was still being worked on. This isn't the full list, but um, there were quite a few horse-drawn attractions on Main Street. Um, there was a fire wagon, the horse-drawn trolley, a horse-drawn surrey, which there is still a trolley that you can ride horse-drawn. So, kind of all of that condensed to one exists. Disneyland Railroad, which of course is still there today. Walt had a, a big passion for trains and had them in his own home and. So it's something very nostalgic still for me when I walk in. I mean, it's the iconic right when you walk into the park. That's the first thing you see is the train station. I don't know if other people feel this, but I feel when you see it, there is just this aura and spirit of Walt. And when I ride it, I just feel like that is one of the most connected attractions to him. Autopia. You know, Autopia was one of those rides as a kid I loved. And then once I got my driver's license, I was like, okay.
2: What is... I don't know what this is.
0: Autopia? Oh, it's awesome. It's in Tomorrowland, and there are cars you can drive. It's like a tracked car ride. Yeah.
2: I think I did the Disney. I've never been to Disneyland. I've only been to Disney World. We're
0: going to change that.
2: I know. Hopefully, in a few months. I think I know what you're talking about. Like, it's basically just like the motored cars Mm -hmm. on a track so you can't go too far. And as a kid, you feel like you're speeding. And then once you actually drive a real car, you feel like you're going the speed of walking.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's that, um, rocket to the moon, which is currently now where star Tours sits that another article I read was that that one was not ready on actual opening day, but did open in that year that there was a giant rocket that sat in Tomorrowland that had another sponsor of that TWA plastered on there because they thought, I believe by 1986, they projected that they figured routine trips to the moon would be happening and TWA would be part of it. We no longer have TWA and we do not have trips to the moon. So <laughs> wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that that's why even across everything, people are, are kind of saying like, eh, maybe we should update Tomorrow World because like... Um, I, wait, I have to stop you there. It's Tomorrowland. Sorry, Tomorrowland. <laughs> we have to update Tomorrowland because like all things considered, as charming as it is, it is definitely still a very 1950s look at the future when you're oh, in Tomorrowland. I, know. And I
0: would crush me if they made it more futuristic. Like they they do constantly try to keep it a bit updated in ways, but I think there is a nostalgia there and you and I have talked about this there will be an entire episode about the retro vision of the future cuz I'm obsessed. And so yeah. for me I love Tomorrowland because it has that nostalgia and has that very the future, the land of tomorrow. like I, am obs- <laughs> I love it and I, I think they want to keep that because it does give it that 50s Disneyland nostalgia, which they do a very good job at preserving that here and there around the park. Okay, A couple boat rides. there was the carousel, the Mad Tea Party, which the teacups, which was um, in a different location. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Snow White, Peter Pan, Casey Jr's circus train. The Jungle Cruise.
2: How many of the? I guess the the Magic Cups are probably still there. I assume the Carousel is still there.
0: Mm-hmm. All of that is still there. But the um, Jungle
2: Cruise, because I know Mr. Toad is gone, right? No, That's, no, no.
0: Mr. Toad is there. I wrote it oh, last. You week. you still I was have Mr. On Toad on it last week. Oh mm-hmm. well, now
2: I'm definitely going to Disneyland because they got rid of that bad boy years ago at Disney World, and yeah. I've never fully recovered. Oh, I love um, Mr. Toad. Is Toad's Snow White Red.
0: still there as well? Yes, Snow White is there. They just redid it because it was quite. Um, they call it her dark scary or her adventures it was was, like
2: horrific it's
0: really terrifying like (laughs) more than half the ride is like dark and terrifying and you go through the forest where like the trees are grabbing you and then it's in the dungeons of the witch's castle and like um so they just updated it and i think they did a very good job of keeping a lot of the original aspects of the ride but kind of making a little, little more of a happy story and not so scary really i mean at its core a lot of these rides are pretty horrifying like
2: even mr toads you go to, ride hell. And let's, you go yeah, to hell you, go go hell and mr. Yeah. Toad, you get <laughs> you get hit by a truck and go to hell
0: yeah it's there you know what hey different time but i love, <laughs> I love it they,
2: though i do too
0: oh i love that they've kept it like that's something that i would think today and age would be like picketed and be like change this ride and i It hasn't been to my knowledge, and I love that it's still there. So it's great. Yes, Jungle Cruise is still there. They just refurbished it recently, but it's gone through two major changes since it opened in 1955. They had to reroute it. The first was for when they opened Indiana Jones, so they shortened it. And then the second they said they they changed it and shortened it a bit for Galaxy's Edge, which I want to look into that a bit because that's completely the other side of the park, but it must be for them to have moved things backstage or... Um, just so
2: long as they don't just start to add like an animatronic rock into that. No,
0: they haven't. Yeah, I know. They have not done that. I was going to save this quote until it came into play of when Walt said it accordingly to when he was questioned. I know the quote that you And I know say, you know, but I'm going to say right, it. Right. Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world. Which actually that quote really like chokes me up. Every time I like yeah. see it, I'm like... Oh, it's just, we're all changing. And it's because I used to get really sticky too about when they would change things because obviously it's like the version we know as kids is the one we're going to be most prone to and hold on to. And I used to get really mad. Like they're changing this, that. And I was like, you know what? This is exactly what he said would happen and he wants it this way. Yeah. It's always changing and evolving.
2: I guess I'm torn. It depends on the changes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like I have no problem with, yeah, let's gut Splash Mountain and turn it into Princess and the Frog. <gasps> I can't wait. Like, Like that's like really cool, and I'm all for that. And like I'm totally fine as much as I love Maelstrom, I'm totally fine with the fact that Maelstrom turned into a frozen ride in Epcot. Like Oh,
0: that was a terrible ride to start with, and it's a terrible ride to end with. Exactly. Like like, it's
2: (laughs) that stuff it doesn't bother me. It's the classics. Well, because I feel like they're being replaced with things that have either stood the test of time or have outlasted their original spot. But I, I feel like they were adding Jack Sparrow around the time that kids stopped knowing who Jack Sparrow was. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, it kind of felt like it it missed the mark a little bit where it's like, Hey, I'm all for like, if we want to, we want to put, intellectual properties in every country in Epcot, like I'm all for it. Like I want Moana to have her own little space. I want us to get rid of the three Caberneros and replace it with <gasps> No, with no, Cocoa. no, I love
0: that ride.
2: <laughs> but imagine... Look, I agree. But ha- when was the last time you rode that ride?
0: I ride it every single time I go to Epcot.
2: When was the last time you were in Epcot?
0: Um, It was about a year ago. Okay. And I rode it. Now,
2: now yeah. my experience riding it is that half the time... the the caballeros don't move anymore <laughs> they like,
0: don't care i'm sticking to it
2: like i'm fine with that turning into this bright dazzling colors of the afterlife from coco because i will cry the entire time because coco See, this is, is where we get the on personal tears. <laughs> yeah the Anyways. quickest way to bring tears in my
0: face is coco's but good to know good to know i'm gonna hold it against you <laughs> like what <"Whoa>, <laughs> is coco <laughs> No! Um, (laughs) His grandfather. Anyways, back to 1955.
2: Sorry, yes, jumping back, getting away from 2018
0: for a second. I know. <laughs> I was like, That's, we can't talk about Epcot right now. No, <laughs> I could go on for hours. That's why I have to stop myself. Anyways, so yes, Walt chose, um, he wanted to build it in Burbank next to his studios, and the city gave him hell and was like, don't do that. And so then he drove a bit, found these beautiful orange groves in Anaheim, which I'm so grateful because it makes it closer to where I grew up. And chose to build Disney there. Now, this is a fun little side story. So anyone that lives in California will know this, but for all of you listeners who don't and you Matt, Disneyland is surrounded by three streets. I don't know what the other one is, but it's on Ball hugs one side of it and Catella hugs the other. And then Harbor runs where the main entrance used to be. So Catella, I was in, got lucky enough to go to Club 33, which is a very seclusive club in Disneyland, that very expensive membership. But if you know someone and they can put your list down blah, 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 got in. Great. A restaurant in New Orleans Square that's upstairs. It's very like, what's the secret password to get in? It's five-star dining. Amazing. So I was up there with a friend and there was a table, about three couples next to us of older couples. And one guy came over and started chatting to us. And he said that his father was one of the founding original members of Club 33. And we were like, oh, my God. So he started telling us all these stories. So he goes, you know, when Walt wanted to get the land, he was dealing with the city and got it. But there was one farmer that he needed his land as well. And he didn't want to give it up. Walt said, if you give me this, I'll buy you out on your farm. It was probably a farm. He said, I'll name the street.'" up to Disney after your daughters. And his daughter's names were Kate and Ella. So we now have Catella that we drive down to get to Disneyland. Oh. Yeah, fun little. And I got told that by the someone that was there almost.
2: <laughs> so you're telling me that you were at a bar and a random elderly gentleman just started talking to you and dropping cool facts.
0: It happens all the time. <laughs> like It's no joke that this podcast is called Before My Time because... Like when I'm at a bar getting, if someone's going to pick me up or send over a drink, it's never anybody in my age range ever. Like <laughs> I've had a glass of wine sent over more than once. And I'll like look over and bartender's like over there. And I'm like, Oh, it's someone over 70 again. Yeah. Every, oh,
2: it's my grandfather's best friend.
0: Every time. Like, <laughs> and I am the worst. Cause I'm always like, Oh grandpa. And like, and I do enjoy my conversations because obviously I'm very passionate about things that were before my time. And
2: so just not a, romantically. Just
0: not And I don't see it that way. And then if my friend comes back either from the bathroom or a lot of times I'll be like alone, but I'll tell my friends and they're like, you know what they want, right? And I'm like, no, they just want to have a conversation. And this, I never think. And they're like, dude, they're hitting on you. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're grandpa. And I don't see it that way. And I, yeah, I think, no, I have had some lovely conversations and More than once, they have just expressed that it's nice to have a conversation. So no, for sure, I'm sticking by it. So, anyways, there were. So this is where things get a little iffy. There were eleven. I've I've seen two different numbers, like eleven to fifteen thousand people expected on opening day. It was more of a press release kind of day, and the following day would be open to the public. But so there's invitations sent out. Over 28,000 people showed up. So oh, no. it was closer to 30,000 <laughs> people showed up. The traffic jams were insane. People had counterfeit tickets that were made. There was one guy that even... I think he was one of the engineers or something helped build. He was charging people $5 and helping them up. He like brought a ladder and was helping them climb over a ladder and just get in. And so it's pouring with people unexpectedly.
2: Something that I'm sure we will talk about on a later episode of this podcast. But it, it really... From what you're describing, I'm imagining... Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory yeah. <laughs> when everyone is like storming the chocolate stores totally. to try to get a golden ticket. Totally. Like, it's like so it's just like mass it, chaos. It really like,
0: was. I mean, of that time nothing had been built like Disneyland. And so it's almost like Disneyland was this like Willy Wonka factory that everyone wanted a- in. It's it's like this new dazzling magic wonder like who wouldn't want to go so we'll start there way too many people they're not expected um there had been a plumbers strike shortly before the park opened so there wasn't enough time to complete everything so Walt had the choice of do you want the toilets finished or the drinking fountains finished of course he goes with the toilets because he said people can buy a coke if they need to but we can't have them peeing on the streets so yeah. the toilets were finished there were no water fountains And that, you know, forced 30,000 people to buy drinks, mostly Coca-Cola is what was served. And Walt did get accused of trying to turn a profit there, but that was just, they actually ran out of all beverages, food. They didn't have enough food or drink because they weren't expecting that many people. Now on the other part of there are no drinking fountains. It was a record high that day for Anaheim. It was over a hundred degrees Fahrenheit
1: darkest corners of the internet a nameless formless entity has been growing no one dares question where it was created or what it wants but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-cuddling name in unison
2: horror, horror movie
1: night. night find horror movie night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com
0: So it just, it gets better and better. Wait, it just gets better. Again, folks, remember this is 1955. So people are not wearing shorts. Um, Denim jeans, which would have been too hot for that day, but you were not allowed to wear jeans in the park. There was a dress code. So there was a bit of a fancy fair, which I love. I still... Side note: When I go to the park, I do dress up myself. I always wear my little dresses and crinoline, and because I think it's fun. So you've got full, you know, wool and linen, whatever. And the material of the '50s was not forgiving. You know, we still no. haven't gone into the space age of nylons and lycras, and you know, it's that was some thick fabric times, and it is very hot no drinking fountains. Walt wasn't kind of aware of this at first because there was a live broadcast going on by, of course, ABC. And it was one of, it was called Dateline Disney. It ran for 90 minutes and it was one of the largest, most complicated live broadcast events that had ever happened. Lots of complications occurred, but they say, I've seen two numbers, a couple websites, this always happens, but um, I will say 70 to 90 million viewers tuned in that day to watch the opening of Disneyland. And one of the co hosts was none other than our future president, Ronald Reagan. How?
2: Yeah. Look at that.
0: So, going back to the disaster of the day it was, because temperatures were so hot and because the park was trying to be finished in a year, they literally were working up until the moments the gates opened. I mean, when people came in, there were still people planting trees, painting. It was, it, they weren't done yet. The night before is when they laid the asphalt. And because it was so hot, it didn't dry. So women's heels were sinking into the asphalt in the park. And they say today there are places on Main Street you can still see tiny divots from the heels.
2: <laughs> so I want to ask a, a question about the the live broadcast that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, is that where we get the, the famous... Walt Disney quote that I've seen plastered everywhere. To Um, all that
0: come to this happy place, welcome. Welcome. Disneyland is your land. Yeah, I almost have it memorized. It is, and that is when he addressed the nation with that lovely what's the word I'm looking for? whatever speech going. I want to get
2: I want to get a plaque that says that to hang above do my too. door of my house. like, I, <laughs>
0: like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, um fun little into Gelsie's life fact, um Disneyland was my first professional job I had I was sixteen, and I was dancing in the parades, and I was in a parade called Parade of Dreams. and it was their fiftieth year anniversary parade which ran for a few years <laughs> and we had what they called show stop so we would do the whole parade but three times the whole parade would stop and then a new song would play and we would all do like a bigger performance and then carry on and when the show stop happened there'd be like magical little tinkling like ding ding, ding, ding. and then it would be a clip of him saying to all that come to this happy place welcome and then the beat would drop and we would like do and start like dancing and get out gold ribbons honestly chills like there was i was 16 and there were so many times on parade route like hearing his voice and getting to work there and be part of the magic and seeing kids faces and hearing him say that like i literally cried on route one time not even gonna be ashamed no to say I, it. I was not, so listen, touched i was so dumb. my
2: family mocks me for how much i get teary-eyed <laughs> and choked up in Disney, Disney World. Disney I can just, make
0: me cry. Like I, oh, it just gets me emotionally. Every time. You know
2: what? A part of me thought I should have known dancer. Obviously, but when you were like my first professional job, I was like, "Were you a skipper, Dan?" <laughs> <laughs> but you just Me. seem to have the personality that would be perfect for doing nonstop puns for 10 straight minutes. Dude,
0: no, seriously. Last week was on Jungle Cruise. Um, I go to Disneyland a lot. I did. I sat there and I was with my mom. We were at the park and I was like, I'd be so great at this job. Like this would be so fun. I'm just saying if you want to
2: walk away from the Avengers campus, I think right on to the Jungle Cruise boats is the perfect transition for Hello, you. Hello,
0: my name is Gelsey and I'll be your <laughs> skipper today. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe in the future, like maybe after my performing career. And then I'm like, my body needs a break. I want to slow down or even like kind of into a retirement. Maybe, maybe, you know what? I see it in my future. Fun I do too. Fun fact about Jungle Cruise, because <laughs> it was one of the opening attractions. It was not, there wasn't near as much plants and, you know, obviously it's grown over the years, but it was more of an educational ride. It was a much longer ride and it was more based on facts and education and the puns and the fun kind of zaniness of it didn't come in until the 60s.
2: I have been watching the behind the attraction specials on Disney Plus, which mm-hmm. has been really fun. I watched the Jungle Cruise one a co- probably two months ago now. So it's it's all but fallen out of my brain. But was it actually that Walt was on the ride and was like, God, this is boring. And I, I is that true? I don't it know. Him?
0: I actually don't know. I'll have to look that up.
2: I think they said something along those lines in that special that he wrote it and was like, I'm bored. This <laughs> needs something
0: <laughs> because it's not working. You um, need to laugh about the lions eating the zebra on board. I, I mean,
2: I definitely can't imagine that ride lasting as long as it's lasted. If it was just like a generic educational ride, the the fun of like the backside of water. Oh my god, like,
0: <laughs> It's just the best. I, the skipper I had last time changed the backside of water. Like, I, I don't want to go into it. It'll be too hard to explain the setup, but he kept like saying the same joke about bamboo over and over and over. It was one of those things the more he said it, like the more we laughed. And then he went to set up like the eighth wonder of the world, which if you haven't been on the ride, normally you go behind a waterfall. They say, ladies and gentlemen, the eighth wonder of the world, backside of water. And it's kind of the classic thing there. Well, he set it all up. Ladies and gentlemen, the eighth wonder of the world bamboo and then did his joke again and it just it was brilliant I love when they add their own stuff because if you go on the right enough you kind of you hear the same puns over and over but you hear everyone's take on it and they add their own stuff And I I just absolutely adore it. Most of anything that became educational at Disneyland is not there anymore. The only... (laughs) Because it's boring. I mean, I love learning. Don't get like, literally, this whole podcast is going to be about like, did you know freaking passionate about it? But it's boring. And I think the President's Hall is the only thing that exists from that early time that is like, this is boring and educational.
2: (laughs) And it's still like... Just barely education.
0: So <laughs> yeah, like, it's
2: <laughs> like it's if you got through elementary school, that's about as deep as it covers in like education, and then it's just like, and here's the list
0: of all of them. <laughs> here's, here's, <laughs> here's the list of all. <laughs> like... I, don't, I wonder if people still go to that.
2: I, got, I mean, that is like the one ride, at least in Disney World, it's the one ride that my parents are like, no, I'm I'm doing the Hall of Presidents. Oh my God, it's I like,
0: never... Do- I can't tell you the last time I went on it.
2: <laughs> here's the flip side though. You know what the Hall of Presidents is great for? <laughs> air conditioning and sitting down. Yep, 20 yep. <laughs> minutes of sitting down and air conditioning. There's
0: a decent amount of rides or like 3D <laughs> movies that we would go do because we're just like, I just need to sit and rest my eyes. I'm tired.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of the sign to me that I'm getting older is like, You know, my family's talking about like, now we have a niece and like, what's the proper age for the niece to experience Disney World for the first time? I think we've landed at two, that at like two, she would understand who the characters were Mm -hmm. and and be excited. And I'm at that point now where it's like, yeah, that'll be fun and all. But like, I kind of want to do like a Disney trip where I'm just doing the shows and like, you know, you pepper in some rides here and there. But it's it's like, but like, usually you're there with when
0: I'm there with kids Oh, I refuse to go with kids.
2: I can't do it because they <laughs> want to just do right after ride after ride. I refuse
0: ride. to go with children unless yeah, like and then they get burned also, like, out. once. Yeah. No, like, it's
2: no fun. It's more fun
0: with adults. It's so much more fun with adults. I mean, I'm very biased because I go all the time, and so because I go all the time, which makes it fun. I don't feel the stress of. It's expensive, and so if you buy a ticket for a day, you feel like we have this one day. We got to bang everything out. I don't want to miss this, and so you you have to run this to that to that to that because you only have a day. But because I go like all the freaking time, I don't mind if I don't go on a ride. Like I'm like I'll just go into the park and have lunch. And oh, this is a five minute wait. Well, that's just a cherry on top. I'll go on this ride, but yeah. I never have like a plan, and so it's very lovely. I just like to be there experientially and atmospherically. And people yeah, watching is fair. the best. There, it's so great. It's very, very fair. <laughs> yeah, I just found some more disasters that happened. So, oh
2: yeah, keep it. So, so yeah. let's let's get people back up the track. So, no drinking fountains. No drinking fountains. Way too many people. Mm-hmm. Stupid hot.
0: Stupid hot. Um, running out of food and water of drinks. Selling out of everything. Women's shoes sinking into the asphalt.
2: Yes. Okay. So, so you're saying it's it worse.
0: <laughs> it gets a little worse. And a couple of the major attractions, like I think I'd said Peter Pan's flight was oh, not yes. yet ready and on rides opening aren't ready. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of kids were like, Mah. So
2: you've got more people than you've expected and not nearly enough rides to entertain them. Forfeited. So this is the beginning of a riot.
0: This is <laughs> right. Exactly. So it gets better in the afternoon. There was a gas leak in Fantasyland. And so Adventureland, Frontierland, and Fantasyland all had to be evacuated and closed in the afternoon. So that's like half the park. And there's not near as much. If that happened today, it would still be like half the park is closed, but there's so much more to do now. There wasn't as much there. So now closing up the park, it's like,
2: (laughs) they're screwed. You're literally like the funny. Well, it's not funny, but like you're basically describing the circumstances of what led to Woodstock 99. (laughs) (laughs) Just like not enough water, they're selling out of stuff, it's way too hot. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that is
0: so true. Attractions actually okay, so the ones that weren't ready weren't ready. The other attractions kept breaking down because they weren't used to being rowed that much and operated at that heavy of a capacity. Um, and then the Mark Twain, which is um, a giant riverboat, we have Rivers of America in California, I don't know. I forget if Magic Kingdom does, but so we have a giant riverboat called the Mark Twain that you can sail around. It's Quite pleasant, if I may say. It began to sink. It started oh, no. sinking because there was too many people on it. I know. This is amazing, this isn't is it? Amazing. It is, like you wouldn't think that this is the way Disneyland started, because it's like the best. Well,
2: it's a well-oiled machine now at this point. Yes. You know what I mean? And like he
0: really just was like, "Oh, let's just do it," which. It gives me, I don't know. This is one of my favorite stories. I love seeing success stories and how they started as failures, be it actors that lived out of their car, be it, you know, big CEOs that were broke at 40 or it really gives you hope and shows you that everybody fails. Not everything can be success right off the bat. You have to go through the hardships. You have to go through the learning process to become a freaking Disneyland.
2: Yeah. I I mean, a great thing that I heard someone say was like, they were talking about writing their first book. And they were like, you know, I sat down, I wrote the book, I sent it to some friends for notes. And then I read the book and was like, this sucks, (laughs) but I need it to write the bad version of the book first in order to make the good version.
0: Totally. (laughs) Yeah, you you really do. It's like, and I think we forget that I do too, because I can be a little type A personality and starting new things, which I love to do. And I love taking risks and doing things that scare me. But I'm kind of bad at being new at things in a way because I'll start something new and the first couple of weeks, I'm like, great. By a month, I'm like, why am I not better? Why is this not perfect? Why am I not like, you forget that it just takes time and dedication. And then after years, you're like, oh yeah, okay. Silly me, (laughs) silly past me. But you never, I feel like as many times as I go through that, I still do it and then still look back and I'm like, oh, of course I know better.
2: No, for sure.
0: Yeah. Life. Oh, life. That's why Disneyland makes it better. Like when I'm stressed, I've been in places in my life I've been so stressed out that I'm like physically ill and have pain, like bad manifestation of the body, and I've gone to Disneyland and literally after six months of like being in pain somewhere, I'm like, all oh, my pain is gone. It's the craziest thing. It's like just genuinely my happy place. This is a super random fact, but I thought it was fun. So the next day, Monday the 18th, 1955, is when the park was open officially to the public. People started lining up at 2 a.m. so they could get into the park. So word got around. So even with... This is what I love, even with all this it's failure and disaster. Pressed, so.
2: Everybody's like, I need to see this shit to see show it. for myself.
0: Exactly. Everyone's like, <laughs> I need to see this. The first person into the park, officially public open park, was Dave McPherson. And he gets free admission for life. So they sent him a pass every year that upgrades and he him plus three people. So he gets to go. I love that. Like...
2: Yeah. Kelsey, we obviously we talked a lot about the opening day of Disneyland, and I'm sure this is not going to be the last time that we discuss Disneyland because there's no way tons of just rides in the park that deserve our attention and deep dive. But I want to ask you two questions.
0: Okay. question
2: number one. We don't even have to deal with classical. Just if you're showing up at Disneyland, what is your number one destination ride?
0: I'm going to say Indiana Jones. Okay. So there's so many like second close runners, but that's my like gut. Okay. Gut reaction. And
2: I've and that's the one that's an actual roller coaster, correct? Or some- No, no,
0: it's like a Jeep.
2: Okay, I mean I have no clue. I know I might Yeah,
0: we're going to change that. <laughs> my it's
2: my, such experience, a dope ride. my experience with Indiana Jones in a Disney park is a stunt show.
0: Yes, in Florida it is a stunt show. I believe in Euro Disney it's a roller coaster. Okay. It's Euro or- Yeah. It's like a little mini one. And then this one is a Jeep ride and it takes you through the temple of the forbidden eye. And it is just, they made it. You're like, I am in an Indiana Jones movie. It's awesome. And I love Indiana Jones so so much. I was thinking
2: of that, but I I guess in my brain, I thought it was a roller coaster because I knew about the temple of the hidden eye. Like I knew that that was Mm -hmm. like the thing. Also let's address the other elephant in the room that I don't think we got into on the podcast, but like As of this recording, you are an employee of Disneyland.
0: I am. I am a cast member (laughs) at Disneyland. Hey oh, plot twist. Not surprising at all. How
2: much of that has been like a childhood dream finally being realized? And like has it lived up to your hopes? And dreams.
0: Yes, yes, and yes, and yes. So actually, 13 years ago, I was a cast member. It was my first job was working at Disneyland as a parade dancer when I was was 16. And I turned 17 that summer that I started working there. There There's so many emotions in that first because it was my first professional job as a dancer. But also it was this like, I've watched the parades my whole life growing up. And they were so magical to me. And it was so, and then it was so cool to be on the other side where I got to be part of the magic and seeing the kids' faces light up. And I have actually um, cried. I like. don't think I've ever told anyone before. I cried on route one time because I was just so emotionally touched by, oh my God, Like I'm at Disneyland and I'm making magic. And once I, I still love the magic. And it, yeah, it gets mushy. But now it's fun. I get to be back um, in a different, I'm still in the entertainment world, but in a different a show. So I effing love it. Nice.
2: Well, how about we let people know where they can get more Before My Time goodies while they wait for next week's episode?
0: Yes, please tune in to our Instagram at time underscore podcast. Send a DM, comment, like, share, say what's up. I'm here for it.
2: And also, while you're listening to the show, how about you go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review because it really helps
0: us online. Do it. Please do it. I'll send you a virtual kiss. That was for you, for all you five-star raiders out there.
1: You're listening to the geekscape network in the darkest corners of the internet a nameless formless entity has been growing no one dares question where it was created or what it wants but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison horrible oh. oh. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at HMNpodcast.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.